This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast. Each week we take a look at the business and market headlines with Oanda Market Analysts. And we're joined this week by Alfonso Esparza, Oanda Senior Market Analyst in Toronto. How are you doing? Hi, Johnny. Happy to be here. Good to hear from you again. Of course, the big news coming out of the United Kingdom has been Prime Minister Theresa May's resignation. No surprise there. But there was a rise in sterling on that news, which I found surprising because the chances of a no-deal Brexit seem to be possibly higher now. Can you tell me why the pound rose and does it mean nothing given the pound's miserable trading this month? Part of the reason that the pound is not well it reacted as we expected in sort of the following when there was like a lot of uncertainty what was going to be her decision and when that dropped the pound was actually gaining a bit so right now it is a bit stronger to the dollar and that actually has to do a lot more with how the dollar is faring across the board because the dollar is right now on a bit of a downward spiral against major currencies. And the reason for that is the US-China trade war. Okay, we'll talk more about China in a second or two, but we're going to have a new PM. Which of the possible candidates that you know of, Alfonso, and I don't expect you to reel off a whole bunch of names, which of those candidates do you think markets would prefer? That is a really multi-layered question. And uh, yeah, the reason sorry I about say that. this, yeah, no, no, no worries. <laughs> it's like I, I was expecting it. And, and that actually uh, takes me back to so Cameron stepped down. So what happened then? And, and what we saw is like a veritable Game of Thrones happening right before our eyes. And suddenly in the corner, Theresa May was victorious based on the fact that she didn't appear to want the job that much. She was not really fighting for it. Getting the job was a, a compromise. Maybe we'll see a replay of that. Someone who's a bit more in the shadows, this might be their time to step up. And it's more like they'll be pushed or nudged forward, which might have been the play all along. So in that sense, I think uh, going for what the market would react, depending on who gets to be prime minister, I think Boris Johnson is sort of the one of the most obvious and most popular uh, options right now, just because of his personality has put himself out there. For him, the threat of the no deal Brexit just rises to the top. And, and that is uh, something that the economy would have trouble with, the pound uh, for sure. And it's just because of that uncertainty about what a no deal exit represents. So by Boris Johnson coming in, he basically saying, no, look, let's forget about anything. We have a date and we'll just exit and we'll figure it out from there. So that would be probably the worst case scenario for the pound. It's really would take it uh, into uncertain uh, territory. More sort of moderate positions have emerged. I sort of mentioned uh, Gov can also be maybe he is the that unassuming sort of uh, come from behind. That could work into his advantage. And there are other names like that that could be circling. Like It might also be a replay of uh, what happened last time. And if it's something who's not really thirsting for it, he or she gets nudged into the spotlight. There's a touch of the Donald Trumps about Boris Johnson, though, isn't there, to say the least. I mean, he's an eccentric character, uh, very popular. He's got the charisma, but he's also a bit gaff-prone as well. So there are similarities with that sort of populist ideal of Donald Trump. Can you imagine having Donald Trump on one side of the Atlantic and Boris Johnson on the other? Global markets would feel uneasy about that as a combination. I think so. But I think that what the markets really abhor is like the uh, the vacuum. So as long as there's a power vacuum, that is going to be really tough. Uh, right now, what we're seeing for the pound, it's a bit, uh, it, it is weird. It's, it's not It's not common. 
but it has to do with other macro factors that we'll get into a bit later. Even if it is Boris Johnson, the market would not be that concerned about him in particular. As long as there's a the power vacuum gets filled, the panel will sort of react to that. And as I mentioned, it's more the the no deal. Anybody else, as long as no deal remains off the table, because Boris Johnson is definitely putting it on the table. If he decides, OK, I'm just going to go for it, it's going to be a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Oh, yes. And it uh, plays totally uh, to the sort of the Trump comparisons. It's, exactly. He has fans from the left and the right, but his fans are more the most fervent. They're unwavering in their support. So he'll have his supporters. It is now time to reflect on, is that going to be enough? to win sort of the internal party politics. And if it is, then the market will have to evaluate that and price the pound accordingly. And I know UK markets, or certainly some speculators, more than a no-deal Brexit, more than a Boris Johnson premiership, they actually fear a Jeremy Corbyn premiership more than anything else. Again, that is politics and it's more the uncertainty. So as the... I'm not sure about that, Alfonso. I think it's more to do with the fact that he is regarded by some as being anti-capitalist and what he might do to the financial services community uh, should he become leader and prime minister. There is that. So market is, you can even call it ultra conservative in the sense that market likes stability. What is the Corbyn platform? What could that mean really for Brexit? Because they've been in the background and being opposition is one thing, but being at the forefront changes the whole game. So that is something that the market is not really looking forward to sort of doing that calculations at this point in time. Because again, you, you stick to what you know. And what we know right now, there's a power struggle. So who emerges victorious and who at the end of the day is the prime minister, the market will go from there. Okay, as you mentioned earlier on, uh, the dollar has weakened against the pound and it's not necessarily to do with Theresa May. Uh, It's been a a torrid week for markets, certainly on your side of the Atlantic. They've dipped sharply as investors continue uh, with their concern about the possibility of a technology cold war between the United States and China. Where are we now with China? I think that that is the biggest change as what we've seen uh, in the past month, that the change in the narrative is that China is not backing down. It's literally digging its heels and it, it basically has had enough. Something that we hadn't seen before, basically op-eds and comments from major newspapers in China saying, basically criticizing Trump and his rhetoric and the fact that either he makes the problems too big and then Two weeks later, he tries to solve them very easily through a tweet. They're basically saying, "We're not. This is this is going to be a long, hard process." Three weeks ago, we were almost like uh, to the point that it was going to be signed over a weekend, and now we're like the far apart that we've seen him in in, in months. So that has actually uh, taken its toll on investor confidence around the globe. So we've seen uh, global downgrades. We saw sort of the IMF chime in with who's really paying for uh, those tariffs because. Uh, Trump likes to say that those tariffs are China. He's sticking it to China. But sort of some like a body like the IMF is coming out and saying, well, you know what? It's actually U.S. importers who are paying those tariffs. And eventually it trickles down to consumers. So we are paying those tariffs. So he's losing a bit of support at home. And China is not backing down. China has, uh, uh, even though there's a potential for a, a tech trade, a cold, ter- cold war, uh, Huawei being sort of the... The, the perfect example, like how uh, some contracts have been pulled from software, hardware, silicon, like all like basically they're lost or their uh, important IP that they need to keep going. Uh, but it's it seems not that at this point it the U.S. might blink and it, it's on uh, the uh, Trump's plate 
And it is the confidence on Trump as well that it, that is wavering a bit. So we're seeing sort of China come of age and not uh, being so submissive at this point. So they're they're really hitting back. And this time it, it is making a, a, an impact. And we've seen it in sort of the currency markets just before China really ramped up their rhetoric. We saw that the U.S. was a safe haven. Everybody was flocking to yen and and the dollar and what we've seen now is there's sort of the reversal everyone's going some risk and if uh, diversifying the risk and gold is actually uh, being one of the 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 asset classes that has benefited just because of that uh, reversal and you mentioned uh, america blinking and donald trump blinking uh, he has said that huawei could be part of a trade deal between the United States and China, and that is despite the fact that he's branded the telecoms firm very dangerous. So that, to me, is a sort of half blink. And the funny thing is the timing of it. So uh, we know that uh, President Trump is very uh, driven by the stock market. So when the stock market just kept recording uh, drops and drops, so he knows that he needs to do something. And in his own way, that's what he tried to do. And that that is sort of explains those comments and how he tried to sort of uh, inject optimism. But funny enough, he's the one that uh, put the market in such a pessimistic mood. Okay, let's talk a bit more about the week to come. We're going to have the results of the European elections on Sunday, Alfonso. Now, what is interesting for markets in that result? Is it because we might see perhaps some of the ultra-right parties, uh, the Brexit Party in the United Kingdom and some of those others in Europe doing rather well? I think so. I think the, the what the market is, is waiting for is just validation of that. So there's this perception that the, the both extremes, the left and the right, will definitely put their mark on, on the elections, that they'll win more seats than ever before. I mean, this is nothing new. We've seen this happen in every single individual country elections. We've seen sort of the rise. Like we, we, I could go on, like, basically listing them all, like Greece, Germany, France. So we've seen sort of that rise and that sort of uh, clamor for change. And it depends. If uh, the country was leaning to the right, then it's going left. And it's if it was sort of a central left, then it's going to the right. So we've seen that those movements appear. And one thing that they do have in common, the two extremes, is that they're they're not a fan of the European Union model, so they are they're Eurosceptic, and so there's this rise of uh, of the Eurosceptic parties that that could be a threat further down uh, to the euro and to the unity of the the unity. So that would uh, put some pressure on the euro, and uh, will that is what we're expecting to see, and that will be reflected in the markets as well as uh, as as, sun, as soon as the Sunday uh, results start pouring in. Okay, we've also got some central banks reporting next week not a very busy week for the uk we've got a public holiday on the monday what should we look out for uh there's going to be uh some comments uh, out of asia so we have the bank of japan and also the rbn set are going to be sort of just speaking and sort of uh, there, there's some opportunities to see where where things are going and what the plan is going forward uh in terms of major banks issuing a rate statement is the bank of canada on wednesday Nothing is expected there. The data has been mixed. We've seen back and forth great employment numbers, retail sales and wholesales uh, just jump. So the huge rebound. But the connection between the Canadian economy and the U.S. economy will drag on whatever decision the Bank of Canada takes. And if the Fed is expected to remain the course or even 
cut rates for this year, the Bank of Canada is expected to just stay on the sidelines until there's more data or there's really the need for them to intervene. So not a lot uh, expected there. Uh, U.S. data also, it's a holiday in on Monday as well, so nothing uh, uh, big on that front. It's not until Thursday that we have the preliminary GDP for the U.S., but it's the, the second estimate. So it's not as major as the last one. We're still seeing strong growth. We're seeing the forecast is for 3.1%. That is it's huge if you take anything into consideration. The reason why the dollar is so weak right now is that this is a lagging indicator. I mean, this quarter already passed. We're just compiling the data. And what's happening with the stock market worries investors just because it's the future. It's like we're starting to see big companies. We're starting to see Apple come out with some guidance. We're starting to see John Deere. We're all the, the, the companies that depend on trade with China staying the same or just removing the tariffs, it's just starting being hurt by that. So, and as the IMF said, this is all passed on to consumers. So if someone wants an iPhone in the next generation, they're gonna pay more for it. And it's just, again, a 15% tax that is actually a tariff that was decided by the White House. Alfonso, enjoy your long weekend and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. the Oanda podcast from the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am, listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.